Josh so focused. I'm French the Bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the, the Next Take Podcast. The Next the, 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 the Next the Next Take Podcast. There's nothing wrong with me. I look exactly the same. This is episode 37. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out on Twitter at the Next Take. Then you can check us out on YouTube by searching Nick's Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you can find us on there at The Nick's Take. Finally, go to Facebook, hit us up on Nick's Take Media. Now, French. Mm-hmm. This week, week full of ups and downs, backs and mm-hmm. forths. And outside of the Knicks, finally got this cast off my hand what's up this is what my hand looks hey. like y'all hey finally got the cast off got the pins out of my hand not quite clear to go back to working full time full duty but in six weeks i should be back to work full duty also traded out the old minivan for a new minivan i forgot to tell you hey. about that bro so next Soccer time dad. next time hey yeah that's right next <laughs> time you see me you'll be like Oh, you got a new... Yeah, that, it's a different call. Completely different call. No, nah, next time I see you, I'm going to test and see how healthy that hand is. That's that's messed up. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, anything. What's going on with you, bro? Nothing much. I'm trying to get uh, life adjusted to being an adult for the first time, I guess. Looking at finances, all the boring stuff of adulthood, so... That's not the interesting part of the podcast. We're going to... <laughs> I want to talk more so about all the stuff that was going on outside of my personal life this week because this week was kind of crazy. Yeah, it definitely was. We were talking about the trade deadline. One of us were more so like we wouldn't be surprised if nothing happened. The other one was like, we need something to happen. And yeah, um, yeah the before we before we get into the trade deadline and the games though let's just go over what we talked about last week we did kind of go into the trade deadline yeah we covered a bunch of trade rumors and we're gonna take a deep dive on everything that did happen because a lot happened not anything knicks related but a lot in the nba happened I thought and... you were being sarcastic. What do you hear what the Knicks did? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> on the last episode, we were just talking about a bunch of trade stuff. So, yeah, just to kill the anticipation, the Knicks didn't make any trades, but many trades that will affect the Knicks definitely did happen. Copy that. But, yeah. You could talk about what every, everything else we was going over. I last mean, we we, we only had two games last week. We went over the Knicks playing against Sacramento and playing against Memphis. We took an L to Memphis. We beat Sacramento, and yeah, also, you know, talked about Julius. Talked about what would be best for this team moving forward. But let's go back to the trade deadline. 
So I've I've really felt like the Knicks didn't really have to do anything, which goes against what majority of the people on Twitter, a lot of the Knicks broadcasters, everybody, Me. every you, everybody felt like the Knicks needed to make a move. Everybody felt like they needed to clear up space for Cam Reddish. They needed to clear up space for Quentin Grimes. They needed to, and me more so. I was like, yeah, they should. They one hundred percent should. They one hundred percent see what they should should see what they should get for what they could get for Nerlens Noel. They should see what they can get for either Alec Burks or Evan Fournier, because it would just make the team overall better. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks. That I guess they either didn't see anything that they liked or the trades that they could have made with other teams. They were rumored <clears throat> to be in several trades and that all fell through. The other team just found a better deal and Knicks were comfortable enough to stand pat. Yeah, like we were in trade discussions with Sacramento for De'Aaron Fox, but it seemed like <laughs> Sacramento found a better offer in DeMontis Sabonis and traded away Tyrese Halliburton for him. Mm. <laughs> and if we knew Tyrese Halliburton was available, I'm pretty sure we would have pulled the trigger on that deal because Sabonis is not better than Randall. And it doesn't even look like they were really trying to stop, trade Randall from the sounds of everything that we've heard since the trade deadline. But You pull off that trade, Julius Randall, for Tyrese Halliburton? And no, I wouldn't pull off that trade, but I, I feel like we could have like, given them a better package. I, f- I feel like the Knicks felt the same. Well, I don't know what would the better package would be if unless you include Julius Randle. Because, More draft picks. Because yeah, do you want to give up all them draft picks for Tyrese Halliburton? See, that's, that's the thing. Bunch of seconds, yeah. That's the thing where you have to really think about would you do this trade? I probably do do this trade, not because I, I think that Tyrese Halliburton is worth it, but I probably, at the time anyway, let me just say that. At the time, I probably do this trade because Julius Randle hadn't shown the consistency from quarter one to quarter four to be the guy that can help us win the games that we're supposed to win. And with R.J. Barrett showing up and showing out, We'll talk about R.J. Barrett. But with R.J. Barrett showing up and proving that he could be that guy, that lead guy for this team. Mm-hmm. And with the dearth of point guards, players that can play point guard on this team. I I, I had no I would probably be like, you know what? This is too much for Tyrese Halliburton. And I forget whoever who else got sent from Sacramento. But. Yeah, I. Just in the interest of this Knicks team playing together better and more consistently, I probably do that trade. But I'm not a GM. I'm not a big basketball mind. So the Knicks probably were better, probably better off not listening to me. So, I I want to ask you something. Yeah, would you trade Cam for Tyrese? Yeah, I would trade Cam for Tyrese. Not because I think that Tyrese 
has a higher upside than Cam. But if you do that, if you do a move like that, you know Tyrese is going to play. Cam. And you know that a few draft picks is going to have to go along with Cam, too. Like, Cam is behind Quentin Grimes in in, in the rotation, and we, we don't even know that Quentin Grimes is going to get big minutes as the season goes on, depending on how the Knicks play for the rest of the season. So it's already kind of a questionable thing with Cam Reddish by itself. If you alleviate that, Quentin Grimes could get all the whatever minutes he can get. Tyrese Halliburton could, get, could play the one behind Kemba or behind Derrick Rose, and you know he's going to get minutes. He might get minutes before quickly, the way quickly's playing right now, but that's neither here nor Would there. Would you trade quickly for Tyrese? Like, the more I think back to that draft, I think, like, I, I don't know. As much as I love IQ, as much as I love OB, we honestly could have left that draft with Halliburton and Desmond Bain. And where would this team be right now with those two? I don't know if... See, that's that's a tricky situation, too, when you're talking about who you could have picked. You, the guys that are showing out, you don't... You don't know if they would look the same on this team. Like you don't know, you don't know how mm-hmm. good they'll be. Those two are hoopers, bro. They're, okay. they're like they could fit anywhere. That's true. That's true as well. But it's also based on the coach and whether the coach puts them out there, whether the coach gives them big minutes, and how how quick they are to pull them. Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton got a lot of burn when they first got to their spots. This not this wasn't guaranteed they that they would have gotten. It. It's not a guarantee that they would have gotten that much burn on this Knicks team last year. There's not a guarantee. Tyrese quickly got it by showing out immediately, like you. These two players are capable of showing up in they New are. York. They are one hundred percent. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it, it it's impossible. I'm not even saying it was unlikely. I'm just saying that we don't know. We don't know if when they show up in New York whether the lights hit different. You know what I mean? These guys went to Sacramento. And uh, where's Desmond play main play again? Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. Yes, because we just saw both of them. And yeah, like those are spots where it's not New York. You know what I mean? So. Who knows? Who knows what happens? I felt like was... they'd have fit perfectly here, but I'm I'm not really mad at it because I I still believe in both IQ and OB, and I I know that the front office scouted all four of these players extensively. So if there's anything to take away from that, it's that maybe the front office sees higher potential in IQ and OB together on this team and they probably were a better fit for Tibbs' offense, but it's it's I don't know, it's hard to watch these other two teams. Indiana now has Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. and they was balling yesterday, even though they lost. You see what Memphis is doing with Desmond Bain, John Moran, all these young guys, they they Desmond Bain's one of the best shooters in the NBA along with being a, a tough defender and stuff like that. But we ain't got to go dwelling on that because we got yeah, a Knicks team who's been playing really good recently. Yeah. We could just go, go straight into the games if you want to. Well, there was another trade, potential trade to the Knicks. The Knicks were also part of a potential three-team trade where the Lakers would have gotten Cam Reddish and Alec Burks. 
the Knicks would have gotten Goran Dragic, and the Raptors would have gotten Taylor Horton Tucker and Nerlens Noel. Don't know exactly how the particulars of that would have worked, considering yeah. considering Cam can't be packaged, can't be part of a package in a trade, or couldn't be part of a package yeah. in a trade. That's why I didn't believe that one. But no, but there's there's ways to do it. The way Cam Reddish got here was kind of part of a package but kind but also ultimately wasn't and that's probably how that would have worked where they would have finagled something to get cam to the lakers and as well as alec burks in separate deals but also part of a three-team trade but there wasn't anything barring atlanta from packaging cam it's only because he got traded to us just recently that we can't package him no, it was because he because of how he got here also. Right? Because he got here in a solo trade, that's why he can only for a certain amount of time he can only leave in a solo trade. That's that's why. It's not because it's not if he was here part of, as part of a package, he most likely could have been dealt as part of a package as well. It's not just because he just got here. It's part of it, but not all of it. NBA trade rules are weird. In indeed. So that fell through. Knicks ultimately didn't do anything. Couldn't get rid of Burks. Couldn't get get rid of Noel. Couldn't get rid of Kemba. Couldn't get rid of Evan Fournier. Didn't wave anyone, surprisingly. Didn't wave anybody. And Knicks fans across the globe put their faces in their palm. Except for me, who was just like, I kind of expected it. <laughs> Kind of expected it. Even when I listen to all the podcasts and they're like, they have to make a trade. I'm like, do they have to make a trade? Do they really have to? They have no point guards and you want them to get rid of Kemba who's, whose value is at an all-time low. And I don't think this this front office is looking to package Kemba for by attaching him to picks and taking on like stuff that they don't want. Like They'd rather just yeah. keep him and see if he'll boost his value and trade him in the offseason. Uh, yeah, after after we didn't make any moves, that's what I pretty much took away from the trade deadline. Like on the last episode, we were I was saying how the Knicks don't make trades just to make them. They feel like, or at least from what we've seen so far, they've only made trades that made perfect sense for the Knicks and definitely benefited the Knicks. Just trading away salary does absolutely nothing for this team, even if it does open up a spot for Cam Reddish because <clears throat> maybe Cam's not ready to take a full rotation spot because he doesn't understand the playbook or the defensive rotations yet. So I take it as they feel like they've seen something over this last week where the team has been playing a lot faster to another intensity on defense. Julius Randle has been playing out of his mind for the last week. He doesn't even look like last year's Julius Randle. He looks like a different version of just himself. You get what I'm saying? He's adapting to the at times players around him now. He's feeding the open the the hot man. He's feeding right. the the big man when they open in the paint. Like you know how many times Mitch has been wide open in the paint with a big little guy on him and nobody feeds him. Mm -hmm. And they starting to look for him now. You see crazy games like what he did against Utah, which we're going to speak about in a second. And the I, I don't know. I just feel like we're starting to arrive at 
the expectations of this team from the summer to a degree. Kemba's not playing like an all-star anymore, but in the last few games, I don't know if you've really noticed this, but he has been a part of the offense. Even if he's not doing a bunch of scoring, he is getting some assists. He's getting guys to open spots. At times, he does look like he doesn't know what's going on out there. They don't know what to do with him out there, and they got to take him out. But at times early in the season, I remember I was saying Kemba Walker is doing everything that he can in the minutes that he gets because he knows it's going to be limited. Mm -hmm. So he's going to play well in these minutes, and that's what Evan should be looking at. Now it's the other way around, and it looks like Kemba is starting to pick it back up a little bit. He's not knocking down his threes like he was earlier in the season, but he's that he's going to shoot them and he's open. He's definitely going to attack driving lanes and do all the little things that he used to do when he was an all-star player to to get contact, get to the free throw line if he has mm -hmm. to. Like I've been, I've definitely been seeing some encouraging signs out of Kemba, so I got to just trust that in practice, they've been seeing something that made them feel like maybe they don't need to make any moves at the trade deadline. So yeah, everyone was in was was in shock at the Ooh. trade deadline when we made no moves. When Woj announced that tweet that the Knicks aren't going to make any trades, I was demoralized. I'm stressed, and then that same night, they went out and got a very very big win. Yeah, but we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> so let let's start off with the game against the Los Angeles Lakers which happened the night of our last podcast. So this was a game where I, going into it, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what team we were going to get, which Knicks team we were going to get, which Laker team we were going to get. Lakers, is, Lakers have not been playing inspiring basketball all year. We both thought this was going to be a win for us. We didn't know LeBron was playing, remember? I mean, I'm the one who said I, LeBron might play, and you were like, nah, he's definitely not playing. And then I looked up on the screen, and I see LeBron. I was like, Did, didn't French say that LeBron wasn't playing? He's starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that, that, you yeah, I hear that bus driving away. <laughs> yeah, I hear that bus driving away. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was like, yo, what is going on here? He just threw me under the bus. It's cool. They could go back and want and listen. Nah, <laughs> don't lie to these people now. So Lakers got off to the worst possible start that they could have gotten off to while Julius Randle had the best half of the season that he had had thus far. Nick scored 42 in the first quarter. First quarter, not half, quarter, which featured mm -hmm. an 11-0 start. That's right. The Lakers did not score while the Knicks scored 11 straight points. The Knicks lead then got as high as 18. Knicks went up by as much as 21 in the second quarter. This featured inspiring ba basketball by both Julius Randle as well as R.J. Barrett. Mitchell Robinson also had some moments. He finished night with 11 rebounds. Halftime, the Knicks were up 71-56. And from this moment on, that's when things got scary. 
<laughs> I was kind of expecting it. Oh, man. I really don't understand this team, yo. You went up by 21. You come out in the third quarter against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And you completely give away the, what did they have? 15-point lead that you had in the half. They were up 71 to 56 at halftime. 71 to 56. Yeah, they came out thinking that this is just going to be a blow-up. Against LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Come on, now. Combination of uninspired play by the Knicks and a determination to win the game by LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Malik Monk turned a double-digit lead into a three-point deficit by the end of the third. Malik Monk was knocking down shots crazy. (laughs) Like... It was like he couldn't miss. He was hitting threes. He was getting to the lane. He was knocking down free throws. And Malik, who? But we know he's capable of that if you're going to leave him open all game. It's, it's, it's knowing your personnel. It's, it's been a few games where the Knicks just are allowing a player to just do what he wants just because he's not the star of the team. Like, we know Malik Monk, when he came into the draft, what kind of player? He's going to be a J.R. Smith kind of player. He's going to be able to shoot the lights out or shoot you out the game. He's going to be able to tag driving lanes, score. That's He came from Kentucky. He's a scorer. And I think Evan Fournier was on him, and he was just getting whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And once he got hot, it's hard to slow him down because now Anthony Davis and LeBron James have the defense at giving attention to another player, and now they can get warming, start going crazy against us. Anthony Davis is playing... Like a monster. He yep. had Mitchell Robinson feeling uncomfortable the whole game. Yep. And the 100%. Knicks just could not match that intensity as much as they tried to. Julius Randle wanted this game bad. R.J. Barrett wanted this game bad. Mm-hmm. He played out of his mind. This game was crazy. Yeah. Man, Mitch Mitch wasn't necessarily playing bad. It was just Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. And yeah. one thing that you could take from this game in either half once Mitch was mm-hmm. out of the game, it was not – It was if Mitch was out of the game and Anthony Davis was in the game, it was not good for the Knicks at all. Mm-hmm. Not Like, Nerlens Noel did not have – did not have a good game at all in this game. And, and that's, why I, that's why I wanted to kind of, like, give Mitch a shout-out because even though he only ended up with four points for the night, like, we needed him to be on the court for all 48 minutes. Yeah. And Mitch is just – his conditioning is not like that. IQ had a horrible start. Didn't see a minute in the second half at all, which we'll talk about at the end of this. But that that was that was that was controversial after the game. Julius Randle followed up his impressive first half with a poorer second half. He only had two field goals in the second half. He finished with 32 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, but also had five turnovers. I mean that that goes to show. That just kind of goes to show the inconsistency of Julius Randle. He was just trying to get into ISO ball in the second half, and that's what kind of the the, I I don't know if I I wasn't really watching too much of the Lakers defense, but it looked like they kind of went into like a zone, and that made him kind of uncomfortable. I mean, that's the thing. The the Knicks were he did not adjust. The Knicks in the first half were trying to run, push, get the get the mismatch. And the Lakers couldn't handle it. The Knicks allowed the Lakers to 
like, and I say allowed, but they basically they didn't put up any resistance. They didn't try to run it all. They they went to a slower pace, and it cost them. It cost them this game. And Julius Randle was at the head of that. R.J. Barrett though came up big. He played well all night. He had a better first half than he had in the second half, but. At the end of the fourth quarter, he scored five big buckets, excuse me, two big buckets for five points in the last 40 seconds of the game. He had the big coast-to-coast fast break dunk over both Russ and Anthony Andy. Davis. Huge dunk. And then Lakers go back to the other side. They missed this shot. Fast break. Evan Fournier passes it to RJ. He knocks down a huge three. Sent this game into overtime. Big clutch time jeans. Big. RJ basically gave us the momentum to go take this into overtime and to win this game. And overtime happened, and that momentum just never materialized. Knicks shit the bed, you know, for lack of a better word, and lack of a better phrase. And it was all LA at overtime. Knicks lose one twenty two, one fifteen. French, how do you how did you feel at the end of this game? Uh, it it was def- a deflating loss for sure. Beyond deflating. Going up big like that, this game was on ABC nationally televised. Everyone's watching the game. RJ scores seventeen in the first point in the first quarter. You think he's about to go and get himself a forty piece, mm-hmm. maybe even a fifty piece, because mm-hmm. he had like what twenty four at the half. He's playing. And in the second half, nobody fed him. Yep. <laughs> he didn't get the ball. He took what two shots in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, he tried to erupt to save the game, and it was just too little, too late. He was probably tired as hell in overtime because he played what fifty minutes this game. Yep. Fifty minutes. 50. And it it was just deflating loss, man. Like. RJ ran out of gas in overtime and nobody else could help the Knicks take this win. It made Julius Randle look like he was going to get traded a little bit because he started to play with it towards his potential. This was one of the first games where he started to do that. And then, yeah, that's all I really got to say about the Lakers game. What what did you take away after this loss? I really wanted Randle traded after that game. Which is not a surprise because I want him traded after every game, really. Yeah. In the third quarter, I I wanted to look this up for you. The third quarter, R.J. Barrett took he took four shots. He took short four shots in in the third quarter. He only made one, and I think that was part of the the thing. Everybody in that third quarter was really missing shots. And outside of that first quarter, the the Knicks couldn't hit anything from three, and that's that's one thing. That's one thing that 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 we could take from this game. After that, after that flurry that they had in the first quarter, they couldn't they couldn't match their own energy for whatever reason. For whatever reason, they couldn't match their own energy. It might have had to do with the pace, though, and that's what I'm going to take from it. Julius Randle went one for five. RJ, like I said, went one for four. Nobody really had it going. But does it show you like when in the quarter he took those shots? Because I, I, I would be convinced that it would be at the end of the quarter where he probably took some of those shots. Cause I, but even still, four shots after scoring 17 in the first half, I mean, first quarter, 24 in the first half, I feel like he should be entitled to taking 
way more than four shots in the third quarter after that. Like I, I agree with you. I agree. He's like, having an efficient game so far. Let him cook. I agree. And we, we never have an eye for the hot hand on this team because we're lacking a point guard. And that's just frustrating to watch. I'll tell you right now. We started the third with a Fournier turnover. Malik Monk hits a three. Kemba misses a shot. Malik Monk hits a three. Julius shoots. Everybody misses. And then Barrett takes a shot at 9.43 left in the quarter. So he And makes it. And makes it. Oh. And that's the only shot that he made in for, for that quarter. The first one he took. After that, Fournier missed. Randall missed. Walker missed. No, he made free throws after that. Walker, well, we're just talking about the shots taken. We're just talking about field goals. We're not talking about points. Randall missed. Walker missed. Randall missed. That's my point. Look how and, many people and, shooting ahead and of And then RJ. RJ shot again, and that's when he missed. And then after that, it's that's what it is again. Fournier, Robinson, Walker, Randall. It like it seemed like they were trying to they were trying they were more focused in everybody get the shot as opposed to worrying about the Lakers coming back cuz the Lakers weren't weren't missing shots and they most of their points came from Malik Monk. Yeah, LeBron James LeBron James got some got some shots in there. And yeah, there's 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 no real reason for not trying to run that offense through RJ. Not saying like he has to shoot every shot, but they weren't running the offense through RJ after that first half that he had. And that 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 that's just frustrating. That's frustrating. But you could also excuse it because Julius Randle was having a good first half too. And they were running it through Julius. So I, I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth with this. I'm, I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but there, there's, we know what was really working and the Knicks didn't do that in the second half. And then we ended the fourth quarter with what was really working. And then we came out just sloppily in that overtime period. This was a game that they should, there's no reason that the Knicks should have been down in the fourth quarter. There's no reason that the Knicks should have been, that this game should have gone into overtime in the first place. And the Knicks let one get away. And that's really, that's really, I was just really overall demoralized and really looking, looking for some sense of accountability for Julius Randle or for him to really be traded. And I knew he wasn't going to get traded, and I knew he wasn't going to really be held accountable. So it's just deflating, and everybody everywhere was just deflated by this loss. Also, a lot of calls for the firing of Tib of Thibodeau after this after this game, which we're not going to go into right now, but it's going to be a a theme throughout this episode. You want to go into some of these Knicks fans are mentally ill. <laughs> like they're like something's really wrong with them. Like, bro, I don't understand. You want to get? But we could just yeah. jump straight into the next game, Utah. The Knicks opened the game strong, took a ten point lead in the first quarter. Utah fought back, tied it up. It was a back and forth game basically all the way up until the fourth quarter, but. The Knicks just really didn't have an answer for Donovan Mitchell this whole game, it felt like. 
He was torching everyone they threw on him. Cam Reddish got some minutes, but he was only able to score like six points, mostly at the free throw line. He only grabbed two rebounds in 15 minutes. IQ also had another a, a poor shooting night. Still in a very bad scoring slump, but I I don't know. Like it's hard to judge what we've been seeing in this game and throughout the season from IQ because we see him trying to be a playmaker, right? Mm -hmm. But that's been taking a toll on his on his scoring. It seems like he's just shooting when he knows he's supposed to shoot, but not because he's it's a, a shot comfortable for him. You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying? He's like, oh, this is a three. I'm open. I got to throw it up. Instead of just being in the flow of the game and having a complete control over the offense like a point guard should. It seems like it's overwhelming for him at this point, and I don't know how long that usually takes for a player to overcome. He's having a huge sophomore slump, mm -hmm. and it's hard It's hard to watch because we love IQ, and we know he, how good of a shooter he is, how good of a scorer he is, and uh, how much potential he has. But it's, it's just he's going through a really rough second season right now. And his defense has been has been impeccable for most of the year, but even even the defense lately even has been taking a, step a back. hit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really – he fouling a lot more. It's really discouraging to see how and see IQ go through the sophomore slump, but it happens. It's 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 a it's a term for a reason. Yeah, it's definitely a term for a reason. But the best takeaway from this game was Mitchell Robinson mm -hmm. by far, because he from the minute the game started, he was just a man amongst boys. Mm -hmm. I think he finished the first quarter with like seven rebounds and six points had a double double at halftime finished the game with 19 points and 21 rebounds almost had a 2020 game julius randall finished this game with 36 and 5 rj shot eight for 25 went one for seven from three finished the game with 23 seven and six and the knicks lose this one to the jazz 113 to 104. if if this was a tough loss also because we had the momentum for much of this game. 100%. And then the crowd got involved. Jordan Clarkson got involved. He was lighting up IQ, everyone that they threw at him. And it was just, it was tough to just watch this game slip away. It just looked like Utah was the veteran team that made the best basketball play. Quinn Snyder was a hell of a coach. Like, I, I was seeing him do things that I wish Tibbs would do more often with his players, motivating them to do all the little things that help a team win. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it, it was just a tough loss to, for, for me to watch personally. And this is another this is another game where a strong game from Julius, but again, five turnovers. Team high in turnovers in this game. It's another game where I was just like, "Whew." He is playing, and and I have to I have to admit this, right? I'm I'm really coming for Julius's head, but and I have been, but even I have to admit he's been playing much better. Like he's been playing much better recently, 
it's it's still not consistent enough to make me get over some of the things that made me angry at this point anyway because there's still too much why are you doing this why are you playing this way when we know we've seen you do it in this game this is the way that you should just always play like yeah there may be moments where you need to do something different do your one-on-one stuff or whatever but you go into this long stretch of time doing that, and it, it costs us. We were up by double digits in the first quarter and in the third quarter. We should not lose this game. <laughs> we should not lose this game. We, we were up by 12, and, and we lost this game by... But I wouldn't, I wouldn't give throw this loss on Julius Randle just because we... It was a it's, bad it's not, it, bench it's game. Not all, all, it's not all on Julius. It's not all on Julius. Like, but again, Mitch had 19 and 21, right? RJ had zero. RJ had 23. Like, we we weren't playing Kemba, so we can't blame Kemba for this. Like, a lot of people were like, yo, we need to get rid of Kemba. But in the games that Kemba don't play, we still lose. <laughs> like, yeah. RJ had 23, but he was 8 for 25. Yeah. That's like... Yeah, it wasn't to the like line. I wouldn't put Julius Randle name before a lot of people in the, to in this loss. Like Obi Toppin having zero points, only playing ten minutes. Nerlens having zero points, three rebounds, and you're the backup center. Quickly two for nine from, I mean from the field, one for five from three. Like Julius did the Julius a, a better than most ver- of the players in his Julius, team. He shot fifty percent from the field. I, I'm sorry if I'm sorry if I. I if I'm making it sound like I'm putting this game on Julius, I just was pointing out the five assist, five turnovers and, and pointing out like he had a great game. But even in this game, there was there's points where it's like, yo, you are supposed to bring us back to what got us our double digit lead, not stopping it. <laughs> Like, you're the leader. You're the best player in the team. This is your job. You should be forcing this team to maintain double-digit leads or increasing them. Or at least or at least not 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 letting the other team get into a double-digit lead to end the game. Like, that's a 20-point swing right there. Like, you can't do that. Like it's not on Julius. You're right. You, you you pointed out a lot of R.J. Barrett did not have a great shooting night, but he did get to the line a lot. Julius got to the line a lot as well. Julius went to the line twelve times. R.J. went to the line eight times, and he's and he made six out of eight. Julius missed four. He went eight for twelve. Like there's it's a lot of these things where Nerlens missed all his free throws. I'm I'm do, I'm done with Nerlens like. That that's a contract that he needs to just sit until he's one hundred percent healthy, and that's it. Let Obi get let not let Obi get some of his minutes, but I was really trying to say let Taj get all of his minutes. I, I'd rather see Taj out there than than, than Nerlens Noel at this point. The Nerlens is great. Nerlens is is a center that we need. In in it, he's just not on healthy. this team. The best. That we're going to see this team is when a 100% healthy New Orleans and a 100% healthy Mitch are on the court splitting those minutes whatever way you want to split them, depending on who the matchup is. 
That's that's this team's best. Like, that's when the team is at its best. Especially when Mitch is playing the way that he played against Utah. But anyway, I that, I just wanted to kind of evoke my frustration, which we know later on. There's a reason why I'm getting it all out now because I'm not going to be able to. It's not going to be able to say anything later. Trust me, this next game is full of frustration. <laughs> so after still got boy, still got some way to go. After the Knicks lost a mostly close game in Utah, they ended up getting absolutely smoked in Denver. Well, it wasn't like the first half wasn't like. All right, maybe yeah. All right, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I know what you were trying because I remember in the first quarter. I remember. I know. I see, the first quarter was close. It was. And then Bones came in, and it was over after that. And the first quarter was close, <laughs> but it was still also kind of concerning because it's like, yo, we scored how much in the first quarter, and, and we're still losing. <laughs> yeah. And let me let me let me pull this up so I can speak accurately. This 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 Knicks team scored 60, 6-0 in the first half, and we're getting blown out. What? <laughs> Usually you hear, yeah, we had 60 in the first half. It's a, either a close game because it's a high-scoring game mm-hmm. or you're winning by a lot. They let Denver go off for 83, the second most points allowed in a half by a Knicks team since the 60s for perspective just two the two games before the Lakers game we scored 70 and we were blowing out the Lakers yes yeah scored 60 in this first half and we're getting blown out blown the hell out it's just about 23 points I, I was out of this game like once I seen how this was going I was I was out of the game. Like, I, all right, cool. Like the second half, they played much better. I'm not even gonna lie. They played much better. They they outscored Denver in the third quarter. And I want to I want to see if they outscored them in the fourth as well. But they they definitely outscored them in the in the, in the first quarter in the third quarter. Excuse me. And that was like the fourth quarter. I think they just broke even and. and so much frustration with this game. So much. Hey, Jokic is the MVP. Yeah. Yes. Former MVP. I, I, I'm never I'm never surprised when the Knicks get smoked in Denver, especially when we're missing never. especially when we're missing both Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson for this game. Like I heard that coming into it. I was like, Jesus Christ, we're going against Jokic. Yeah, I knew it was quiet. Oh bigs. With no bigs. No, we had Taj and Jericho. Taj did good. Uh, yeah. But Jericho did the best he could. One of them is Mitchell Robinson or Nerlens Noel. Or Jokic. Like, maybe, Ta- maybe you could say Taj is, can be, on his best day, can can match up with Nerlens Noel. But Jericho Sims ain't there yet. So, and, 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 I want to see Jericho, man. I'm tired of seeing Nerlens. Mitch is better than all of them. So, yeah, we, I, I already kind of had a feeling. I was like, we're going to have to shoot the lights out. And we did. But Denver was just so much better. Came out in the second half more focused. But that that 23-point lead that they had in the first half was just too big. Which, you know, 
comparison, the Lakers were were down by 20, 21 points and were able to bring it back. The Lakers, but the, the Lakers have LeBron, AD as their one two guys. We have Julius Randle and RJ who had been playing like. 45 minutes a night leading into this game and this is the second game of a back-to-back i believe so yeah there's not really not really much for me to say like they the, the bench unit came in in the fourth quarter brought the deficit to within 13 cam right bench unit featuring quickly burks reddish Toppin, and sims and huh yeah, Jericho Sims was out there too. In the third or fourth. the fourth? Wasn't Cam in the fourth? Cam Reddish. <laughs> quickly, Burks. Oh, I hear you quickly, say Cam. Burks, Reddish, Toppin, and Sims. Oh, oh my fault. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try and confuse me now. My bad. Denver immediately calls a timeout. Says, all right, Jokic. I guess, I guess we got to put you back out there. Brought the starters back in. Then after a couple possessions, Tibbs was like, yeah, y'all, this bench unit can't. It got nothing. We got to bring the starters back in. Which I don't know why he did because the starters couldn't do nothing with the <laughs> – the Knicks starters couldn't do nothing with the, Den- with the Denver starters anyway. Denver starters pulled away. A minute left in the game. Tibbs took everybody off the court except for R.J. Barrett. And once again, you, you already know where this is going. I guess. So, my, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see anything wrong with keeping RJ in, just because the momentum at that point, even with the time being the time, it did feel like the Knicks had momentum to make a little run. It did feel that way in that moment. Are you talking about when he brought the starters in, or are you talking about when it was when he brought Julius in at yeah. first, and then RJ yeah. in, and then kept them in? It did feel like there was a potential for a little bit of a run. Yeah, and then when it and was, you know, Tibbs wants to play every possession down to the last minute, to the detriment of his starters' health. Sometimes, <clears throat> I felt like this was just a freak play. Listen, this could have happened at any point in the game and we wouldn't say anything about it. So I don't feel like we should blame Tibbs for this one. I'm going to read it off to you. At 51.4 seconds, there was a take foul by Bones. Tibbs subbed Toppin for Fournier, McBride for Burks, Jericho Sims for Julius Randle. Immediately after that, RJ scores a layup. Then there was a miss, a quickly rebound, a quickly step back jumper, a rebound by the by the Nuggets. Quickly did a take foul. I think during that rebound, that that might have been that must have been where RJ got hurt. I don't remember exact how much time that was. Twenty one point six seconds left in the game with the quickly twenty one point six seconds with the rebound, and then quickly did the take foul at eighteen point three seconds. I, I, 
What actually? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I don't remember if it was the layup that that did it or if it was like afterward. Cause I rem- I didn't remember it in the in the in the moment when when RJ got hurt. It wasn't the layup. So I don't know why RJ didn't come out when Tibbs brought out all the rest of the starters. I, that that is my thing. You knew enough that we weren't gonna win this game. That you did pull out Julius. You did pull out Fournier. But you don't pull out, you don't you don't bring RJ out. Like I, I'm confused. It's not like RJ was on the line at the time, right? It it wasn't like he couldn't. <laughs> we've seen we've seen. And if anybody who needs to get subbed out, like before any out of all four of those guys, Fournier, Burks, Randall, RJ, RJ is the one who probably should get subbed out first. He's been playing a ridiculous amount of minutes. He played fifty. He played fifty minutes the other day. He played over forty minutes the game before this. Why? Why are you keeping him in at forty three in this game? Why? Like. Give him the breather. I understand that he's young. I understand you want to play him with the younger guys. The game was already over. You knew it. You knew it at that point that the game was over. Otherwise, you would have kept Julius in. Unless you felt like, and I joked about this with my mom like a couple minutes earlier. She's like, why Why the starter still in the game? I said, he must be thinking the Knicks must be able to pull a Reggie Miller with the 8.9 seconds deal. Like That must be what he's thinking because I don't know why the starters are still in this game. So RJ tweaked his ankle, 15 seconds left in the game. And the Knicks lost 132 to 115. Bones happened, abused us in the first. Jokic, we already talked about him. <sighs> I, Tibbs just needs. I, I will defend Tibbs all day. This is the only game where I can't. There is no defense for Tibbs. Like I understand what you're saying, but I this is people was getting on him about the Lakers game. I didn't see anything wrong that he did in the Lakers game. People getting on him in the Utah in the Utah game. I didn't see anything wrong with the Utah game. I thought I thought he coached a decent game. Letting your one of you're either your best or your second best player get hurt. At the end of the game, needlessly, that's that's you can't blame that on anybody else. If if the injury never happened, nobody's looking at that with because it was a ten point game with a minute left. I was I was wondering why the starters was like, in before he pulled the starters. I actually I stopped watching the game, and then I found out later, like I had to rewatch that ending part. I stopped watching the game. I was like, "This game's over. Why he still got the Why he still got the starters in?" And they cut it down to thirteen. Yeah, they brought it back up to to eighteen, nineteen. There there was no chance that we were winning this game. The only way the only way that you think that they were winning this game is they were bringing it into single digits. They never brought it into single digits. So it came close several times, though. Is what I'm it, saying. Like I watched every possession of this yes. game. Unfortunately, it came close, and I had to watch. It came close to being every to single possession digits. where Denver killed us several times. But like, if the game ended and RJ never got injured, you think anyone's going to be thinking like, "Oh, the, the the starters are playing too many people minutes." Were, like, people no. were wondering why the bench is not playing people well. Were wondering why he was playing so many minutes in the Utah game, which I I'm because the bench was not productive. Yeah, the bench has been a problem, and that's the pro- and that is part of the issue, but. 
at the same time, you can't just be worried about this game. Like you got to be worried about all the games in the future. <laughs> so, how many? How many? How many? The game. How many? Tibbs is the coach that wants to win every game, and I understand yes. what you're saying. But the games in the future, you are not promised to be anything. Like we, who knows if we're gonna be in the position to have a play-in tournament or any type of playoff run. If the games today, when the bench is struggling, you still want them to play and cost us <laughs> even more of a deficit that maybe you can be cut into with the players that are playing well could cut into. Like, I understand why he's played, why RJ's playing the amount of minutes that he's playing. It's because he's playing so well. Right. He's one of the best players on the team. He, if not the best player on the team, whenever he's playing well. Julius Randle was playing much better out of his mind this last week energy on every play for the most part mm. he still has a few defensive lapses but for the most part he's getting back on defense how many chase down blocks have we seen from julius randall in this last 100 how many blocks period have we seen all season from julius randall not many right so he's playing with the intensity he's playing with the effort that tibbs wants to see rj is playing with the same intensity that he wants to see quentin grimes is playing with that intensity as he's getting that burn that's why he ended up starting in this next game because rj was out with the sprained ankle, I, I, so I didn't really have no big issue with I, it. I just that did I, I was hurt to my stomach to see RJ go down. I, I but I, Tibbs is a winner. I don't disagree with so what you're hard. saying. I I had no problem with anything Tibbs did until he subbed everybody out except for RJ. That's 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 the, that's the only thing. I it's in hindsight. It's it's in hindsight, but it. He does that all the time. Of course he does. But there was no chance that he also subs RJ out with everybody else all the time because he's part of the starters. He's also subbed RJ out before everybody else. It, it goes on the flow of the game. In the flow of the game, RJ wasn't the best player on the in, in, you know, he, he wasn't the guy where, okay, let's sub out these four and leave RJ in. He he wasn't playing a great game. So there was really no reason to leave him in. It wasn't because he. It wasn't like you were gonna have, you have a chance to cut into the to the deficit with RJ on the court because you weren't. If you were gonna do that, you should have did that with the bench with one of the bench guys. Sub out Cam or sub out Burke <clears throat> and have RJ in there and see if that bench unit could could work with it. If that's what you're gonna do, or RJ just RJ and Randall, and if it don't work, it don't work. You sub them back out. But you leave him you know in with many 60 times, seconds left in the game? Man. You know how many times in a blowout loss we see Tibbs playing rotations and seeing how they look together, even when the game is already decided? Yeah. That's how I viewed it. I just viewed he wanted to see RJ out with this lineup that went out there. And I ain't really have no issue with it. But that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so we could go ahead and jump straight into this next yeah. game, the game that I've been waiting to talk to all episode. This was the trade deadline game where we start. We we're seeing this team again for the first time after not making any moves. And <clears throat> the team to me played like they were relieved that the trade deadline came and gone. Burks played well, even though he, he, he wasn't really like, taking the best shots. He was just going into the paint, just throwing it up, and it, it just happened to go in each time. Sometimes he would get the and one. I'm like, oh, okay, he's just, he's feeling that pressure from Kim because this game, 
excited me for Cam Reddish more than any other game so far this season, not even because of the scoring. It's because play after play ran through him, if you if you notice this. They did the dribble handoff for him coming from the corner to the top of the key, gets the ball, and then he's the decision maker on that play every single time. And every single time, he did a, a high IQ play. He kicked it to Burks in the corner, hit a three. He hit Julius Randle cutting to the basket with a nice bounce pass through traffic, got him a, a, a tough layup that went down. He's scoring in traffic. He's not shying away from the defense like he used to do in Atlanta. He's getting to the free throw line. He's our best free throw shooter on the team so far. He missed one free throw out of all the free throws he's taken so far since being traded. One. And he's took, like, how many? At least 11. And he's, for his career, what, an 80% free throw shooter? So, Cam, he's been showing me stuff on defense as well with his length, like, tipping the ball away. He did a tip away in Utah and then stole the ball. On a fast break, unfortunately, it resulted in a turnover, but it just showed the potential that Cam Reddish has. With his, he's 6'8", long-ass arms, wingspan is crazy. He can guard guards. He can guard wings. He can go down and rotate to a big man if needed. He's athletic. He can shoot. Julius got him with a nice cross-court pass in the corner, knocked down his first three of the game. Golden State was like... <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like they were struggling with the, the size of the Knicks the entire game. Curry was, like, struggling to find open shots. Anytime he did find an open shot, anytime there wasn't a lapse on defense, like we saw Evan Fournier hands down with Curry wide open at half court, and he looking at him like, he ain't about to shoot. He ain't going to make that. Like, he don't know who Steph Curry is. That one rubbed me the wrong way. I ain't like that. It's like, dog, you think he's not going to shoot this Whoa. shot? You, do you know who Steph Curry is? <laughs> I'm like, bro. And then Craig Grimes came back this game. He, he finally got some some minutes. He got to start with RJ being out. And he hit some clutch threes in this game. Clutch threes. And he played some good tough defense on both Curry and Clay. Cam got some minutes on Clay. He was productive in those minutes. The game came down to the wire, down to the fourth quarter. Knicks had this lead in the, open, in, the, in the last few minutes, if I'm not mistaken, due to a Grimes three. Do you remember? There was a Grimes three. I can't remember if there was also a Fournier three or a Burks three. But Grimes had a clutch, mm -hmm. clutch three at the end of this game. I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, he had a nice clutch three at the end of this game. Julius Randle finished this game with 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 28 points. Fournier finished with 22 points, hit five threes. Kemba, like I said, he he's not scoring a bunch of points, but this was his most points that, that he scored in a little while. He scored eight points in a nice little spurt in the third quarter, had five assists. Mitchell Robinson had 11 rebounds. And this wasn't against, like, a struggling Golden State team, I don't feel, I feel like. I feel like the Knicks' defense is what impacted their shooting. Because when these guys was open, they were scoring. Jonathan Kaminga came in, he was scoring. He had 17 points. Andrew Wiggins was looking like an all-star. 
Curry dropped 35 and 10. <laughs> like, Clay had 17. And it's just like, when these guys are open, they're not going to miss it. We came out and we got a win in Oakland, in San Francisco, against the, the Golden State Warriors. It, it can't. And I felt like this was one of the biggest wins of the season. It so can't far. be understated how big this game was. First of all, Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams in the league. It might be the second best team in the mm-hmm. league. Second of all, you went into Golden State, I go that the far. most difficult, most difficult place to get a win in the NBA. No Draymond, no. That no RJ. <laughs> Very right? true. You, 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 no RJ, no Derrick Rose. And you pulled out a win. And you and you held off this Golden State team that has Steph Curry, has Klay Thompson, coached by Steve Kerr. And you and you held off everything that they had to they had to give in the fourth quarter behind just good play. And this is the only game out of this whole week where I have absolutely nothing bad to say about Julius. I'm not saying he played a perfect game, but I never saw him dwell in these little ruts that he has that bogs down the offense and bogs down the whole team and gets us out of our rhythm. This was a game where he just, from start to finish, played the game that he had to play. This was old Julius. This was better than old Julius because he was doing stuff that he was doing from last year, but he was doing it better. And if he can play like this for the rest of the season, the, the Knicks are going to, the Knicks are going to do some things. The Knicks are going to do some things. I don't know what those things are, but <laughs> well, let's get into it. So my, I wanted to ask you, should the Knicks tank or should they try to sneak into the play-ins? I, I, don't, I don't see a scenario where the Knicks are going to tank at all this season. Okay. Derrick Rose is going to come back after the All-Star break. As a result of this last game, I posted on Twitter, I think it's safe to say that Cam Reddish has guaranteed minutes going forward, even though there's players ahead of him. The reason why I said that was because the things that Cam Reddish just showed us in that Golden State game, there's no other player on this roster who's capable of that. And that's just with spot minutes. (laughs) You get what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? If you allow Cam Reddish to get comfortable in this offense and have a solidified role in this offense, we have the time to get him comfortable a little bit before Derrick Rose comes back. And then when Derrick Rose comes back, after he's been watching Cam all this whole time, the same way when he came in, he was feeding Obi in ways that nobody else could feed Obi. Now we have another point guard who can do that. You have another threat when Derrick Rose comes back, and that's going to be a game changer for the Knicks because Derrick Rose by far last year was our best player in the playoffs. Yeah. He's the most experienced player on this team. He's been the deepest in the playoffs out of everybody on this team. Single-handedly because of him and and Tibbs. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say single-handedly. Mainly due to him, Tibbs. Taj was playing with him back in Chicago when he was going to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. Like, Derrick Rose isn't that same player, but he's been through that. Like, that's his history. 
that's going to have an impact on this team. I believe. A healthy Derrick Rose is going to result in a lot more wins. And I believe that we still have a chance to not even have to sneak into the play-ins. I think the only way that would have to be a decision like this where you have to choose between taking and sneaking into the play-ins is if another injury happens that ruins the season. I, I disagree. Because from from my perspective, now that this team is playing it the way that we sh- sh- believe that they should have been playing all year, there's no going back from this point. Because now that you've proved that you can play a full 48 minutes consistently, even though it's not perfect, it's better than how you've been playing all season long. And if you can con- continue that consistency, add Derrick Rose, incorporate Cam Reddish into the offense, I-, I believe that we should be able to win a lot more games no matter who the opponent is because there's only three teams in the NBA that we probably have no chance against no matter what happens. Phoenix, Miami, and I'd throw Brooklyn in there as a result of the trade deadline. I don't feel like any other team, and that's Brooklyn if healthy, I don't feel like any other team, oh, oh, probably Denver, Denver, but we're not playing them no more. I don't think any other team is like a guaranteed loss for the Knicks if we're fully healthy. With Mitch playing the way that he's playing, with Julius playing the way that he's playing now, when RJ comes back and he's able to get back his step, and then you incorporate Cam, D-Rose, Obi has been playing back to how he's normally playing. The only thing that we need is IQ to be IQ. And I think Derrick Rose is going to help a lot with that as well. I've put a lot of stock into Derrick Rose. I've, since last year, I've always told you how much I love him being on this team. And if 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 he does come back, he's healthy, I see this season going a completely different way. So I can't answer that question. So, <laughs> so you said all that to say, uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Basically. So, so instead of talking about the topic directly, to which point I will I will I will say that they should try to win as many games as possible. I have no desire for them to start thinking about lottery balls until they have to. Yeah. First of all, I don't even know how they would tank. What does tanking look like? <laughs> Which is a question that I've heard asked. Yeah. <laughs> tanking looks like playing the young kids, but for some of us, playing the young kids are going to give us wins. Or yeah. it, it'll be playing Kemba, which some people don't want as like... I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I don't, and I don't even think that. I actually, I kind of do feel like playing Kemba as many minutes, not as many minutes as possible, but playing Kemba as often as you can might not be in the best interest of this team, even though I don't think that he's playing. I don't, I don't think his sets, I don't think what he's doing on the court is bad. I just think that he's missing. Not a fit. He's missing. He's, he's missing shots. He's missing threes. He's missing layups. He's missing 
open jumpers, mid range, mid rangers. And I don't know if that's because of the his physical condition. I I really have no idea. I don't know if it's because they're not running pick and roll for him. I don't know what the what the answer is. But at the end of the day, I don't really have a big problem with what Kemba's doing on the court. It's just a matter of whether his shot goes in or not. And that's really that's really the difference between a bad Kemba game and a good one. I want I want to move on from that to you talking about Cam Reddish, where you said that mm-hmm. Cam Reddish is going to get big minutes. He's a stud. S- slow down. Cam is not getting minutes. I, I just want to I just want to make that clear. Unless, God forbid, somebody gets hurt. Right now, RJ is hurt. So Cam's getting minutes. When RJ comes back, Derrick Rose comes back, how does Cam Reddish get any minutes? You gotta, you're, we're we're going to assume that Kemba's still going to play. We're going to assume that Evan is going to play. RJ's going to play. Julius, Mitch, that's our starting lineup. Derrick Rose is gonna is gonna come off the bench unless you have him coming off as a starter and then we bench Kemba again, which I don't think we're gonna do. Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, Nerlens Noel was probably gonna. I would say Nerlens Noel would be the guy who's out at that point, but you know Tibbs does not like to run without a big a big guy. So you still we still got. If Nerlens Noel does play, then somebody that I just named has to not play, or Tosh, or see less, or Tosh Gibson. <laughs> like, where is there room for Cam? It's gonna have to be a sacrifice towards Burke's minutes. I just named like uh, and... I just named like eleven and twelve players, and you know Tibbs is not playing eleven, twelve players in the night unless unless it's a situational type thing, like he used to do with Frank. And what is the situation for Cam? You need free throws? Well, we've seen Burks all year and it hasn't worked. <laughs> like, no, so that's not true. Might as well take all, a hit Burks towards just, his minutes. Burks had a, had a, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but Burks just had a great night yesterday. It's not yesterday. But I wouldn't say great. He had a very good night. Check. He had a, he had his first positive night after a, a, a huge cluster of, yeah. Very negative. Yes, ones. I don't think that puts him he ahead a, of Cam just because he's been on his team for. A he few had a years. huge cluster of negative ones because he was playing point guard for Kem for Kemba Walker for very long stretches, which is not a. I understand that, but you don't <laughs> because before. But he wasn't playing point guard every single game where he was playing before bad. Before he I'm before he was starting and getting all these minutes and stuff like that, Alec Burks was one of the best players on this team, alongside Derrick Rose. They both were playing, but that's that was part of the reason why the bench unit to start the year was the best bench unit in the league because it had Derrick Rose, it had Quickly, it had it had it had Alec Burks, it had Obi Toppin. Those were the guys. So while I understand what you're saying, he had a huge cluster of bad games. So has Quickly, and that's why we kind of were like, yeah, there's there's got to be a trade coming, right? Because you gotta you gotta find minutes for Quentin Grimes. I don't even like oh, Tibbs has his work cut out for him when this team is fully healthy because I don't think Archie's gonna be gone that long. I don't. Hopefully he's not. 
fingers crossed he's not gone for that long. But if he's not gone for that long, him and Derrick Rose are going to be playing soon. So who do you whose minutes get cut? Who who do you lose? Yeah, when there's the back to back and Kemba can't play, yeah, Quentin Grimes is definitely going to play those those games. But who else? Like, uh, there's not enough minutes for Cam at this point. That's why. That's kind of why we needed a trade. If you wanted to see more of Cam, so. I don't know. I see it still. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just don't see Tibbs putting someone like that back on the bench. If Alec Burks has two more games like he had against the Golden State Warriors, Cam's not seeing minutes when this team is fully healthy. Just just putting it out there. We'll see. Cam is just too good. He's too good at using his body in the paint when he's driving. He's too good at making the right play off of DHOs. He's too good at shooting to not play. He's the most efficient free throw shooter on the team right now. When you see all these guys missing free throws and we lose a game by two points, Tibbs is noticing that. He wants to win. And when you see a guy like Cam Reddish coming into the game in the last four minutes because he's one of the best free throw shooters on the team, that's trust. He's not going to throw anybody on the court. He threw IQ out there because he trusts IQ at the free throw line. He trusts Cam on the free throw line. Cam played a lot of minutes this game because he trusts him. Tibbs ain't going to throw him out there just because the front office told him to. He wants to win. Did Cam miss a free throw at the end of that game? But anyway. That was his only missed free throw as, as since he's been traded. trust and he'll miss a free throw on you. <laughs> but... How many free throws Julius Randle missed in the clutch? We ain't going to do that. No, I, I'm not. I'm just being funny. I'm just saying, <laughs> first of all, while you're correct, Julius Randle has, is going to get more trust from Tibbs than Cam. Like, Cam, after that, I, would I be surprised if that doesn't happen? If Tibbs says, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to do that again. I think I'm going to leave. Uh, I can see that. With Julius Randle, you know it doesn't matter how many times Julius Randle misses at the free throw line at the end of the game. Tibbs is going to have him out there. And I think that's the difference. Yeah, I, I think I'm exhausted with this topic. I, I There's no... Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it unless somebody gets hurt. Nerlens Noel is one guy that I think is maybe a guy that you should sit for the rest of the year, but... I have a hard time seeing Tibbs not going to Nerlens Noel anytime he thinks that he can go. So I named like 12 guys that are gonna, that are ahead of Cam Reddish in the rotation. So even though you we I thought he had a good night, I just don't see it. I don't see it, man. Uh, unless you're saying he's going to go ahead of Quentin it. Grimes and I don't see that. No, no, that's Burks not, is not Burks is not losing his spot. Quickly maybe quickly Maybe quickly takes takes the L. If quickly takes the L, then I see it. But otherwise, I don't see it. So, let's move on to predictions. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Last episode, Job predicted the Knicks would go one and three. <laughs> well, I predicted the Knicks go three and one. Yeah. What happened, French? How'd that go? The Knicks went one and three. So Ja will take the predictions. Uh, let me, for next it, week. it is amazingly funny because the one game that I thought that the Knicks was, that, that we both thought that the Knicks were going to win, the Knicks lost. 
And the one game that we mm-hmm. both said, thought that the Knicks were going to lose, the Knicks actually won. They won. So, I mean, we even started talking about, well, what if they go two and two? How are we going to end up not even mattering? Well, no, I thought they would win Golden State. I thought they was losing Denver, didn't I? Or did I say it the other way? You might have said Denver. But once Nert, once Mitch went down, you were like, yeah, I, <laughs> I think you might have switched up oh, after yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's upcoming games. Knicks play in Portland, which is probably going to be. We're probably going to release this episode around the time that game starts. So you'll either be Mm -hmm. listening to this after that game, or or downloading or downloading to listen to it when you're free. Or if we do this fast enough, you might even be listening to part of this before that game starts. After that, they're going to face the Thunder and the Brooklyn Nets at home in the Garden. I. Hopefully, we'll be at that Brooklyn Nets game. We'll see. So, I'm going to be there. I predict that the Knicks will be going 2-1 and one this week. I, Against who? I don't think that they're going to beat the Nets. I do. Well, what's your prediction, sir? My prediction, since you asked... <laughs> I got the Knicks going three and zero because OKC is not ready, Portland's not ready. They just had a fire sale, and the Nets just had the biggest traded or the trade deadline. So I know they're gonna have some trouble getting some guys incorporated. They just traded away a huge piece in James Harden, who's been basically the glue to their team all season long, and you see ever since. He's been wishy-washy with the Nets. They've been on a losing streak. They've been looking terrible, losing against every team possible I, I, that you could I think of. Free fall. They were the one seed at one point, I believe. They're currently the eighth, now they're the eighth. eighth seed at 29 and 26. So I got us taking that one three and no. I'm going to be at that game screaming. I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie. I, I, at the trade deadline, I was kind of hurt because Seeing Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons in Nets jerseys, that that definitely took a toll on me. I was, I was sad. wondering when you were going to tell us. I was wondering when you were going to say what the trade was. Yeah, the, the Nets, the Nets traded James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and then they swapped. I forgot who they swapped. The the other two players that that got swapped in that trade, but yeah, all I could think about was Steve Mills in that moment. Some people are saying both of these teams got better, the Sixers and the Nets. Some people are saying Brooklyn fleeced the net, Brooklyn feast the Sixers. I still don't know how I feel about it until I see how James Harden plays in Philly. But that, if James Harden and, and Embiid can play good together, Philly's going to be a tough out. I don't see it working. Philly's going to be a tough out. Don't see it work. I mean, I think James Harden just like after you just called him the glue guy in Brooklyn. So no, 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 no. Yeah, for sure. When he's happy and he's playing basketball, watch out. He's happy and playing basketball in uh, Philly now, but who's to say that he's going to stay healthy in the playoffs just like last year? That's true. I don't see them winning no championship together. These are the two uh, most dynamic scorers in the NBA. And Beep, his entire career has been injury riddled. James Harden has never made it through a playoff run successfully to get to a finals. 
even though he's been leading the NBA in scoring year after year, been MVP year after year. I just don't see it working. And if it doesn't work this year, with James Harden getting older, he looked like he putting weight on. I I don't know how long that marriage could last. Meanwhile, on the other hand, Ben Simmons, if you think of the most perfect <laughs> place for him to play, it's with two guys who are the best scorers in the NBA. The only thing Ben Simmons has to focus on is playing defense, rebounding, and disrupting the other team's defense on offense and creating open shots for his teammates, which he's the best at doing. In Philly, when we seen Ben Simmons at his best, he had J.J. Redick, he had shooters around him. He would penetrate the lane, create shots for his shooters, and you've seen J.J. Redick light up a lot of teams with his shooting when he was playing. You've seen <laughs> Jimmy Butler playing with Ben Simmons, and he's lighting up other teams. Like He makes his teammates better, and Katie and Kyrie are the best scorers in the NBA to me personally mm -hmm. because there's no... There's no player in the NBA one-on-one -on -one who could stop Kyrie. There's no player one-on-one -on -one who could stop KD. And there's most likely Ben Simmons is going to play a lot of center minutes in the playoffs. What center in the East is going to be able to control Ben Simmons from play or be able to, to stop Ben Simmons from doing what Ben Simmons does? He could just play his game and be comfortable <laughs> and have two guys who are going to take on the offensive load and have a bunch of shooters around him. He got Seth Curry in the deal with him, who he's already familiar with. They have Joe Harris whenever he comes back. They have Patty Mills, who's been playing out of his mind this year. And Andre Drummond went to them in the deal as well. That's scary. And the only thing I could think about when I got that trade was Steve Mills because KD and Kyrie were supposed to be Knicks. <laughs> ben Simmons is my one of my favorite players outside of Kyrie. My second favorite player outside of Kyrie. And they're both in Brooklyn. And that shit hurts. I can't lie. That shit hurts. So the full trade was Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks to Brooklyn. Two picks in with exchange it. for Harden and, like, and Paul Millsap. What? what? Right now. When I... Now they're going to use those two first-round picks to get something even up. Like, they was looking to get Miles Turner after they got Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Drummond. They were looking to trade away Nick Claxton with the two first-round picks to get Miles Turner, yo. That, that's scary. I'm mad. I'm pissed. Right now in the standings, Philadelphia is fifth. They have a 33-22 and 22 record. Brooklyn is has... As we said earlier, eighth with a 29 and 26 record. If you feel like Brooklyn won this won this trade, I, I I don't know if that makes them better than Philly. They're better. If Philly got when Philly got worse and Brooklyn got better, then they meet somewhere six seven. Maybe Brooklyn is six. Maybe Philly is seven. You're right about a lot of the things that you're saying. I also we also haven't seen Ben Simmons play since the playoffs. We also don't know what Steve Nash has intended for Ben Simmons 
when it comes to the offensive sets. We also don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, you have Kyrie and KD. And out of the three of them, Ben Simmons is the is the only guy who is probably going to be mostly healthy for the season in the playoffs. Maybe they get it done. I I don't know. I I I need to see it a few times on the court. I just don't see too much going wrong. I don't I don't see James Harden wanting to go to Philly and then stinking up the stinking it up in the regular season. No, maybe in the playoffs because Harden's. Playoff history is shaky, but with Embiid there, you, you know, you can get away with the shaky performance for a round or two, and then maybe he'll figure it out. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I it, it's scary hours in the playoffs. That's all I know. Embiid never played with a dynamic scorer like Harden before. He the most no. he the closest thing he's had to that was Jimmy Butler, and that was only for what a season. Yeah, yeah it was it, it. It's gonna be interesting to see. That's that's all. I, that's all I'm going to say. And we don't got to worry about James Harden not taking the three when <laughs> he's wide open in the playoffs. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. And he's going to be able to run point. Let's talk about one other trade that happened at the trade deadline. Uh, we didn't really talk about any of the trades that happened at the trade deadline, but that was the biggest one. The other one that is kind of Knicks related, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. <laughs> mm. They let us have it for that trade. They they was on our ass for a long time about Chris Stapps mm-hmm. not getting KD and Kyrie, not getting Zion. Oh, we got the trifecta that summer, and now look how that turned mm-hmm. out. Chris Stapps Porzingis traded from the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, essentially. <laughs> oh, man. That's we got... Nice. What two, three picks? Two, two picks, picks. Two first round picks. Two pick swaps. Two picks for Davis Batons and Spencer Dinwiddie, essentially. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, now That's tough. They gave up they gave up Dennis Smith. Them first round picks. Got KP traded him. That's tough. They they gave up a whole lot for KP. I'm gonna pull up the original trade that that the Knicks did because we gave up t- t- Wesley we gave Matthews, up Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. Wesley Matthews, yep. DeAndre Jordan, yep. Tim Dennis Smith Jr. Them two first round picks. I believe it was two pick swaps yep. for Chris Dabbs Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee. Am I forgetting something? I have it up right now. Knicks acquired Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first-round picks for Chris Depps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee. Trey Burke. That's what I forgot. Yeah, we won that trade, hands down. It's not even a question. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. might be the best asset out of, out of everything. And we got first. And he's injured. And we got and we got future first round picks that we that one of those picks we turned into more first round into into more picks that they actually did we turn no we didn't turn it into more picks we turned it into, we turned it into IQ we turned one of them into IQ wait no 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 yeah we did we, we no 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 we got IQ from the Morris trade Knicks Dallas. 
I gotta I gotta look at the picks now. We because IQ what we did was we turned two picks that were higher up into two picks that were further down that it, it, into or one pick further down. Mm -mm. IQ came from the Morris trade, and the two first round picks from this last draft was when we got Dallas's pick, wasn't it? That's true. The nineteen and twenty first pick. And then we traded those for Quentin Grimes. All right, so we have the 2023 Dallas pick. Right now it's 2022, so yes, it was last year's. It was last year's pick. So, yeah, I don't know. I I would say we won. <laughs> I would say we won that. We won way before this trade. I, I, we did, but it's only official now that that Chris Stapps got traded for for two guys. That I want to see Max Kellerman's reaction to this trade. I ain't see it yet. Chris Stapps is getting paid how much? I want to see if he's going to say. They something. gave that man thirty plus mil. He was a year. He was calling Chris Stapps the next Elijah one, talking about Chris Stapps is going to be the best player in the world one Call day. Chris Stapps, you remember all that? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Oh, man. Listen, he's still a very talented player when he's on the court. But he can't stay on the court. And he can't stay a very talented player when he is on the court for long periods of time. So, yeah, they they overpaid for him. They gave up multiple picks for him. Dennis Smith Jr. ended up not being nothing. DeAndre Jordan played some good minutes for us, and he helped us out. We it basically was Wesley basically Matthews was got a, out of here immediately. It basically was a salary dump that we ended up getting using to get Julius Randle, who's still on this team. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm good with I'm good with where we're at. I, I would say we won that trade hands down. Mm -hmm. Easily. All right, French, you got anything that you want to plug? Nope. <laughs> Even though you promised the folks last week that you were going to have. <laughs> listen, listen. Finances this week, trying to get work all straightened I out. It's been a rough week again. I, you. I, I ain't really been watching no TV. I hear you. I, I have. So there, there's this anime that I've been watching. I actually went to go see the movie in theaters last year. Demon Slayer. I don't think, I don't know if I brought that up. In any of the podcasts. I think I did bring up that I went to go see the movie. If you guys like anime, like the adult, like the, the animes that are gory and stuff like that, you gotta, like, this is not a super gory, but it's called Demon Slayer for a reason. It's about a demon slayer. That last episode that I just watched last week, that that launched this whole, like, the movie was good, and then this season's been good, and then this last episode just launched this whole series into into the stratosphere because now i'm just like yo what is gonna happen next week like i don't know like I, i'm over here thinking like things are just gonna go completely different than the way that they've been going and i'm just excited next next week actually tomorrow sunday is gonna be the season finale this that these episodes have gotten me to just go into the manga and just read. Like I just need to know what's gonna happen. I can't wait for season three to come out. So if you guys are into anime, watch Demon wait. Slayer. 
It's on Netflix. I don't know what streaming services it's going to be on. I've been watching it on Crunchyroll. Let me see. Demon Slayer streaming. Doing it live. I know I've seen it on Netflix. Yes. But I don't really watch it. It is on Netflix. It is on Hulu. But I don't think I don't think season two is on any of those yet. But see, I've been watching season on Crunchyroll season two. Like animes, they come up come out right away. Like it'll come out in Japan or wherever it is they originally stream, and then like the next day, it's it's right on Crunchyroll. Oh, actually, you can watch season two on Hulu. Hey. So there you go. So if you want to watch, if you like anime and you want to watch, if you want to watch Demon Slayer. Go on Hulu, check it out. All right, French. I shall bid you adieu once again. Yo, for the listeners who are watching on YouTube and you stay till the end, yo, look at my eyebrow. You, Shit is crazy, right? <laughs> once again, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Oh, and watching. Make sure you guys hit that like and that subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate y'all. We we love y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening and watching. Ah, we're doing this again, ain't we? The The Knicks Take Take Podcast. Episode 37. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Peace. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.